Hi, this is Jedi Amanda. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know how you can design and win your very own Bernina Dream Studio. Just check out BerninaSweepstakes.com. When I designed mine, I had to have that foot tower in there. It was see for yourself. It was super cool. And get in today to win Bernina's Dream Studio $100,000 giveaway at BerninaSweepstakes.com. Dream it, design it, win it. Welcome to So-and-So, brought to you by Bernina, Made to Create. I'm Meg Goodman, and you're about to enjoy a casual conversation with a special member of the Soist community. A conversation about how they got started, what inspires them, what excites them, and their connection to this community. Our guest today is Yaya Han, the world-renowned cosplay designer. Yaya was born and grew up in China, where at an early age, she became fascinated by manga and anime, Japanese graphic comics and animation featuring characters with superpowers. When her family moved to Germany, Yaya lost her connection to the world of fantasy. In 1998, while still a teen, she immigrated to the U.S. on her own to start a new life. Soon after that, with a $40 used sewing machine and a pile of thrift store fabric, Yaya stitched together a costume and entered the world of cosplay, attending her first anime convention in California. Yaya had a talent for design and sewing and soon made a name for herself in the budding community with cosplay contest wins and awards. Eventually, others asked her to make costumes for them. So in 2005, she and her then boyfriend, now husband, Brian, whom she met at DragonCon, set up a website to take costume orders. Today, Yaya is a successful cosplay designer, model, author, TV personality, and influencer with more than 3 million followers across her website, blog, and social media platforms. We are at Bernina University 2023 in Dallas, and we are in the middle of the Merchant Mall, and we have an opportunity today to sit down with Yaya Han. Yaya, welcome to So-and-So. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. There is a lot we're going to talk about, a lot yeah. I know our listeners want to know about you. Mm -hmm. uh, you are a very public persona in the cosplay world, and now yes. you are partnering with Bernina Burnett, and we're going to talk about that, all kinds of fun Ooh, stuff. Oh, so exciting. But I want to go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. How did you learn how to sew? I learned how to sew out of necessity when I discovered cosplay, uh, and that was 24 years ago, mm -hmm. yeah, 1999. And uh, yeah, I, back then, of course, you if you wanted a costume, you had to make it. There was no option to buy it, especially if it was a character from a Japanese manga or anime. And so I learned how to sew on a $40 used sewing machine. And my friend taught me, you know, in a couple weeks leading up to the first convention I would go to, which was Anime Expo 1999 in Anaheim, California. And I made a costume. I, you know, had to learn how to read a pattern and sew an outfit from a pile of fabric. And then it somehow held up, <laughs> shockingly. And your equipment has changed since then dramatically, I'm assuming, from that $40 sewing Absolutely. machine. Absolutely. I, I, I did, I mean, it's like, you know, when I started, I was, um, you know, still, still a fresh immigrant from mm -hmm. uh, Germany of all places but I um, didn't have much money I couldn't even uh, uh, couldn't even go to college so mm -hmm. it was like sewing and cosplay was my outlet and um, I would go to thrift stores and um, buy clothes and cut them up to use for fabrics and um, or dollar just really like the cheapest materials that you can imagine and um, so very so so for for the first several years I used um, very rudimentary machines I think I had like a two hundred dollar Kenmore for a mm -hmm. while that I bought at Sears <laughs> and uh, then eventually I think I I ended up with a $500, I think it was like the Project Runway Brother or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had like embroidery capabilities. It was like the saddest, you know, with a tiny, tiny hoop. I never used the embroidery features because for cosplay, you need like 
much bigger areas to embroider mm-hmm. on. So, but it was like, you know, the machine that I had for probably the longest and sewed the most costumes on it until uh, 2017 when um, I became a Bernina ambassador and they sent me a 580 mm-hmm. and my life just completely changed. Oh my goodness. I was like, how did I ever sew on anything other than a Bernina before? Uh, so, so then I became an expert for the 590 machine and mm-hmm. I was here at BU in 2018 to help unveil the uh, 590. And so they sent me one of those as well. And so for, you know, the last five years, I've been sewing on Berninas until the Burnett um, collaboration came to be uh, last year. And we're going to so, talk about that in yes. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Can you describe your style? Um, my style, are you talking about fashion style? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I, I think like, I have kind of uh, two different styles in me. Sometimes I like to be very feminine. I like to wear dresses and, you know, um, do my makeup very soft. Uh, but then there are other times where I, I really like streetwear, you know, mm-hmm. like the Korean inspired streetwear. And I kind of just like wearing more baggier clothes and um, athletic wear. And I think like after a long day in costume, uh, if I have to like rip a wig off and I have horrible wig hair, I feel really the most comfortable in something, you know, more street row related with a uh, dad cap on. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, so yeah, for some reason, those are like my two styles. (laughs) When you were young, you became fascinated with anime. Mm -hmm. What was it about it that, that interested you? Complete escapism, just, you know, fantasy world. I think I've, I've always had an interest for even, like, ancient um, uh, myths and, you know, like, I love the Greek mythology and the Egyptian mythology and such. And so I think anime and manga was just a, you know, extension of that, just, like, escaping to a fantasy world. I always read lots of, you know, young adult fiction. And um, so I for the longest time would draw characters. So I was like a fan artist and would draw anime and manga characters, even like designed my own and created my own. And I loved drawing clothes on them, like fantastical outfits mm-hmm. on my characters. And so I don't know, like as teenager me, there was maybe a premonition eventually that I would go on to design clothes, mm-hmm. but I had no idea at the time because I didn't know how to sew. And uh, it really wasn't until I discovered cosplay and saw pictures of other people dressing up as those characters that I would draw that I realized, oh, my gosh, you you can be the characters. You don't have to just, like, draw them. What? (laughs) So I think that was a very natural, um, you know, progression that I immediately became obsessed with cosplay. So so you were born in China mm-hmm. and you moved to Germany and you said that when you were there you felt alone in your fandom. So yes. as a teenager you moved by yourself to the United States. Yes, um, my parents were not happy about that. <laughs> so so what was that like and and how was the the fandom culture different what what happened Um, when you moved here oh so i was in germany in like the 90s and so anime and manga was still really underground and people just kind of didn't quite know what to make of it and so yeah uh because i had family in china i would go back to china every summer and watch anime there read manga there and bring manga back and so that was like so important to me and such a big part of my life but then no one else around me in germany shared that you mm-hmm. know they, they just didn't know all the manga was in chinese <laughs> and um so when i went to america i was only supposed to be uh, here for a year as an exchange student but i like enrolled in um choir uh you know like musical theater and i you know was of course in the art class and immediately became like pretty well known within the art circle like just at my you know high school there was like who is this girl that can like sing as well as draw Mm -hmm. and um, I also found a local anime club Mm -hmm. in the city that I was doing the exchange program in and so once I found the anime club it was like oh my gosh I found my people this is you know where 
we like met every week and and watched anime and I would draw and they would just like watch me and be all amazed and um so I just really didn't want to go back to you know Germany cold and and uh you know dreary Germany where nobody understood me mm-hmm. and so I uh, stubbornly decided to stay <laughs> my parents oh my gosh um, it was a really tough time like immigrating to the United States sure. at, at a fairly young age uh, is as difficult as you might imagine maybe even more difficult and so I definitely I went through the whole system and um, took years uh, but really during that time um, I cosplay was like my lifeline truly conventions and cosplay Mm -hmm. is what saved my life and gave me a reason to continue this process Mm -hmm. instead of just tucking tail and going back to Germany Mm -hmm. as I could have um but I really enjoyed the convention environment and I was able to bring fan art that I drew and sell them at the conventions Mm -hmm. and I like I would enter my art in their art shows and people could bid on them in like a silent auction and uh, some of my art went for hundreds of dollars which at the time you know I was like barely 19 Uh, it was just absolutely insane that people would pay for my art and then people would commission me to do art they were Mm -hmm. like can you draw this character in this setting and stuff and so that's kind of how I made money to survive um, mm-hmm. until I found a fairly steady um, office job. And so that was like the only time I ever held a normal job was at a office doing like data entry right, for like right. three years, mm-hmm. <laughs> during which I also, of course, cosplayed, still went to conventions, still did art. Um, and uh, yeah, that didn't last too long because I was like, I want to... I want to just go to more conventions and, you know, there are people asking me now to make costumes for them. You know, it's no, it's no longer just art, but they want full costumes made or accessories made. And so that's when in 2005, I uh, quit my job and became a small business independent artist mm-hmm. <laughs> doing like costume um, you know, manufacturing, like not even manufacturing, just like, you know, costume making for Mm -hmm. people. So you found the courage to do something that was scary. You said it was a a tough time. Very. What did you do to get through the the tough days? What, how did you dig deep and, and just move through that? Um, well, sewing was so therapeutical, honestly, Mm -hmm. making costumes. Cause it's like eventually my art, uh, like gave away to cosplay because there was no time to really do both. You couldn't make costumes and, do art, you know, diligently. And uh, my heart chose costuming and um, sewing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, no matter how bad things got, like if I could just, you know, take half a day to make a costume and, you know, sew away at something, that is what I think gave me a lot of uh, peace. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really think sewing is such good therapy. I tell people all the time, you know, get into sewing. Don't be intimidated by it. You know, don't like, it is so therapeutic to just sit there and, you know, the sort of like the, the, the sound of the machine as you run the fabric through and like sort of like the iron, the sound the iron makes, the steam. And then you have like this crisp, beautiful seam and then you can put it on you and it fits you. And it's just amazing. So. Let's talk about the cosplay community. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they came around you. They they gave you support as well. Mm-hmm. And the community is one of, of acceptance and support. And tell us more about that and, and why that's so important. It's an amazing community. So, yeah, cosplay is a very creative community that also is unique because we're all fans. So we're really passionate fans. And what drives us is the desire to um, express our fandom and uh, for you know many years as I was like sort of growing up in this community um, it was considered something really weird and even like among some anime or comic book fans the people who dressed up they were considered like the weird ones, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's kind of like the the people who cosplayed, we all understood that we didn't really belong 
you mm-hmm. know, to that we weren't quite considered normal. And uh, so it was like, like everyone wanted to help each other and wanted to feel other people feel welcomed in cosplay. And it was mm-hmm. very much so about like, you know, you should try this because then you'll understand why we do it and why it's so fun. And um, I think a lot of people, they, they, until you put on a costume of a character that you have a connection to, you don't, you really can't understand what makes it so special. Uh, so that's been sort of my mission throughout um, the years is to sort of, educate people and um, encourage people, motivate people to give cosplay a try because it, it really does, you know, give you so much, um, it gives you, yeah, really, it gives you so much fulfillment. So uh, as time went on, the cosplay community became bigger and conventions started to take notice. They started to um, have more cosplay programming at the convention. So they would ask cosplayers to give panels where we could teach how to sew, how to craft and how to put costumes together. You know, there are panels about um, how to cosplay on a budget, how, you know, and others about like, uh, how to prepare to enter a contest. And so they, that really helped the community grow even further because mm-hmm. then like there were more things for cosplayers to do, more things for them to learn. And um, some of us were able to sort of set ourselves apart as personalities within this fan community. You know, it was like, so I kind of rose from this fan community to become a um, a valued uh, panelist or a valued judge of costume contests. Mm-hmm. And then I started going to conventions um, because they invited me and they, they, you know, wanted me to go work for them and they were going to pay me and, you know, fly me out and such. Mm-hmm. And so that is, I think, where I felt like I found footing and that all the, like, finally I, I had a, even more of a reason to go to conventions, you know, because now it became my job mm-hmm. and now wanted to work harder because I could actually earn money with it, but also use my newfound platform to reach more people, you know. What a dream job. Yeah, it is. Now, you've won many contests. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone in particular that stands out for you? I think, oh my gosh, so um, probably... The, the the best contest was um, Anime Expo 2001, mm-hmm. which, of course, Anime Expo was my first convention. So it was amazing to enter the contest there because it was like the biggest contest in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, my group and I, we uh, created like this Moulin Rouge-esque skit. It was like the year nice. Moulin Rouge came out. Sure. So we like did the can-can and stuff. But they, we did it as like, you know, anime characters. And um, it, it was like we choreographed it. We rehearsed for weeks. You know, it's, it becomes like a min- miniature theater show. Mm-hmm. You have about three minutes on stage. But then, you know, they'll play the music. They'll like have lighting cues and you can do whatever. And it's like... It's, uh, it's really exciting because on stage, that's when you truly transform into the character. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't, you don't, you forget that you're you. You really are that character because mm-hmm. the crowd is like screaming and clapping for the character. Uh-huh. And so it's very exhilarating. It's very fun. And we managed to win the top prize, the best in show prize. Mm-hmm. And I was just very proud. Conventions are important to you for many reasons. Mm-hmm. You met your husband at a Dragon Con. Yeah. Tell us about that. Oh my God. So, Dragon Con is a legendary convention where cosplay has always played a huge role. It's in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I met my husband, Brian, there 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was wearing a Boba Fett costume from um, from Star Wars. Uh-huh. And it was a really good Boba Fett costume, but he had, you know, the helmet on and everything. And so I was like, oh, this is a great Boba. In fact, I had already seen pictures of him from other conventions. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I was like, not really. St- I was a little fangirl, maybe. Like I, I, I had already because he he made this legendary Boba Fett costume, and so it's like I already knew about it. And so finally, a friend of mine introduced me to him at Dragon Con, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's Brian Bowling. He's he's the Boba Fett." And then he takes his helmet off, and I'm like, "Oh, he's really cute." <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, like 
Uh, we've been together for 22 years, mm-hmm. and uh, he, uh, co- of course, has cosplayed with me and um, made costumes with me. But then, you know, now he sort of runs um, our small business with me as well. So he travels with me, and it's great. What's it? What's it like to work together? What's it like to work together? Uh, really awesome 90% of the time and then there are days where I'm like oh my gosh you know it's just it's a good thing the 90% is the good part yes Mm -hmm. yes definitely Mm -hmm. so the but but yeah it is definitely tough to um, be married and you know actually own the same business together and Mm -hmm. um, having to make decisions together and and such but I I I think that um, we definitely because we've been together for so long we've been through so much that you know we do trust each other a lot and um, he's a great support for me when I have to be in costume and be on and meeting fans but then he runs our booths and you know sells our merchandise um, and you know does all the heavy lifting and such mm-hmm. so and he's here to be you with you yes of and course. it's it's notable he takes really good care of you so that's, absolutely that's special yeah. he's looking at us right now he is <laughs> so. and and people will be able to see some of some of the the pictures and things he's taking on on your social media absolutely yeah brian also does um most of my photos mm-hmm. and so we we really like collaborate on the the cosplay photo shoots um truly as a team and where we like decide what the set's going to be and the lighting and the setup and um and he learned how to do photography for us Mm -hmm. uh he really didn't have an interest in it before but it with cosplay photos are so important Mm -hmm. and um i didn't want to have to find a photographer every single time i wanted to take photos of a costume so i was like brian you're gonna have to learn (laughs) so yeah do you have a favorite cosplay character do I have a favorite? I, I will say until until recently, I my answer was always, it's all about the variety. I love being able to be different characters. But uh, recently, I got to represent Chun-Li for Street Fighter VI. Mm-hmm. And uh, just being, like, the experience was so exhilarating. And I have already cosplayed Chun-Li for about 10 years mm-hmm. um, that now just her as a character, she has become my favorite character to dress up as. Now, you are a successful designer, model, author, TV personality, and yeah. of course, influencer. And mm-hmm. um, we were talking about this yesterday. You have more than 3 million total followers. Yeah, across platforms. You, across <laughs> platforms. Mm-hmm. And what did you do to, to build this and continue to, to grow your audience? How did you make this happen? Oh, well, um, the, very organically and not calculated at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I... Um, cosplayed way before social media was a thing Mm -hmm. and um in fact uh i think the secret of my success is that i've had a website since 2003 Mm -hmm. and it was because i made a website out of necessity to have a place to showcase like the costumes i've made you know i was like i wanted a portfolio of some sort um so I I made a very simple website, but I always kept it up. So over the years, even as the website changed domain names and eventually became yayahan.com, it still continuously had costume photos added to it and new galleries and new sections. And I think that is what really helped me build a name recognition. Mm-hmm. So then when social media became more of a thing, I, you know, joined the ones that cosplayers would join. So I joined Facebook and Twitter first. Mm -hmm. Those were the two first ones that lots of cosplayers were joining. So I'm like, all right, let's do this. And um, so because I was continuously making new costumes and going to new conventions, it's kind of like I had organically new content to post regularly. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I didn't strategize, you know, how, what do I have to post in order to, you know, gain more followers or something. And when Instagram um, became available, yeah, I joined that as well. And Instagram being so photo heavy, it suited itself very well to cosplay. Mm -hmm. So it just made sense to focus on that. And, you know, I just made, it was more fun to post on Instagram because you could post different photos and such. And so really, I think it's like the consistency and just me being sort of in the community and 
being visible uh, is what helped me grow the, um, you know, the, the following that I have. Um, nowadays, it's, of course, a lot more difficult. You have to really strategize to be mm -hmm. able to stand out because there's so many people on social media now. So, um, it, but, but I, I still always suggest for people, like if you want to build a brand or mm -hmm. if you want to show off your a portfolio, make a website, mm -hmm. you know, websites are still the go-to, I think. What do you do to stand out? What's, what's your strategy for that? Um, I, I think it's just, I don't know if I strategize that much on how to stand out. I think I, I, I have a variety of costumes I want to make or mm -hmm. photo shoots I want to do. And then, you know, I really follow my intuition a lot. Mm -hmm. I really like listen to my creative brain um, of what feels right. And, um, you know, I try to keep people informed and, you know, if I'm doing something new, I try to share with them not just the final product, but also the process that I took to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, I also sometimes share mistakes that I've made, you know, because I think people put up a lot of front on social media. Yeah. They I only want to post the best, most amazing content. And um, I find that people just want to relate to you and that you, you know, you actually will have more of a more rapport with your audience if you're more honest and more open with them and so i think like i hope that what makes me stand out is that i'm a genuine person mm -hmm. that i believe in you know everything that i that i post and write about and that you know when people meet me they can see that you know i'm i'm just another i'm another fan who who really enjoys being in the space well you're definitely very real um as evidenced in in our conversation you let mm -hmm. people see you as you are many fans come to, to conventions to meet you yes do you have any memorable stories about people that you've met or one instance that really stands out <sighs> I have so many. I do. Mm -hmm. I have so many. I, 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 I will say in the last few years, it, it really warms my heart when someone comes up in a costume that they've made using my materials, mm -hmm. either my fabrics or using a pattern that I designed. Uh, and so, or they come and, you know, made a costume following a tutorial that I posted. And uh, so that, that really makes me so happy um, to know that something I did helped them. And um, I love it when they tell me stories of, uh, you know, they won a contest after coming to a panel of mine that taught them how to prepare for the judging process and mm -hmm. what to expect. Um, so that it's just really rewarding. It's like I, I don't like being put on a pedestal for people to just like look at me. I, I like connecting with um, with the people, uh, you know, in any industry mm -hmm. and sharing what I know. I think that's what makes life fulfilling and mm -hmm. worth it. Um, and then I will say there was one incident a few years ago where it was after I was on the Heroes of Cosplay TV show on Sci-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a convention called Acon in Dallas, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and this, uh, you know, I'm doing autographs, and this uh, mom walks up with her daughter. She was maybe eight years old and this girl was like you know she like pointed to a picture that she wanted me to sign and she came and gave me a hug and she like looked at me and smiled at me and her mom got super emotional and she told me that her daughter is really autistic mm. and that she for years wouldn't talk to people wouldn't interact with people and um that she watched the tv show Mm -hmm. And she saw me on it and for some reason just gravitated towards me and that it like helped her open up. Mm -hmm. and, and so like before long, like she was crying, I was crying and we're just like, uh, just like this mess in front of all these people. But it's just, it's things like that, honestly. Sure. Yeah. Kids, kids really just really, they, they kill me with with how cute they are and how sweet because they like recognize me from the pictures and such and so it's very sweet and and you're relatable you make it safe for them to approach you of course mm -hmm. of course my gosh the it at 
at Bernina University, mm-hmm. um, their whole new premise and campaign is, it's a big day. Yes. Being here is a big day for you all week. Now, I, I was there when you were on stage yesterday uh, introducing your new sewing machine with them. Yes. Your excitement is just infectious. You can tell how, how excited you are about this. Would you take us through your relationship with Bernina on how it culminated here with the launch of a new machine? How oh did you find goodness. out you were going to do this? And, and what was that all like? Oh my goodness. Yes, it's been um, multiple big days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yesterday was a big day. Today is a big day, for sure. So I I first met, um, met Bernina, I think it was like at... Was it C2E2? I think it was C2E2 in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They were there. I was there as a judge for their crown cosplay championship. Bernina had a booth. And I think we, you know, it's like I walked up and marveled over their sewing machines. And they were like, hey, we know who you are. You know, we, I think whoever was there, like, had seen the TV show as well. Mm-hmm. And so they, they already were like, hey we should work together. So I was like, what? And so like, yeah, we'll like loan you a sewing machine for a year. And um, then they let me keep it. Oh my God. And you but, became an ambassador. Yeah, I became right? an ambassador for them. And so I was like, of course, yeah, I will sew on your sewing machine forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I feel like then they reached out to me to be an expert for the 590. So mm-hmm. we had a whole process of, you know, like I may, like I learned the machine. I learned how to embroider with it and um, made a whole costume for the campaign and, uh, you know, went to Switzerland to record the um, marketing campaign. So, like, I spent time with uh, Bernina of America as well as um, Bernina International teams. Um, and then, of course, I came to BU and met everyone. And so I hope I made a good impression mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, I think it was like after that, then maybe the seeds were were planted for working together more in the future. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, there was like a moment I was like in the Bernina offices in Switzerland in Steckborn and I was just like, it would just be so cool if I like, we could develop like a cosplay machine. <laughs> I and just, they I listened to you. Up. No, they, they were like, ah, oh, we don't think there's a market for that. Uh-huh. Like, we're not so sure. They're like, they kind of humored me and brushed it off. It was just kind of a, a little moment. But I, I think... Uh, that is when the the dream kind of was like planted in me uh-huh. <laughs> kind of like wow wouldn't it, like these machines are so cool but i wish that they did this or i wish they came with these features or they came with like these embroidery designs and so that kind of was maybe planted in my head but still very not realistic it was just like truly just like a pipe dream mm-hmm. and so then, out of nowhere, uh, um, Claudia from Bernina International emails me uh, last year, and she's like, "Hey, we would like to make a sewing machine with you." And they, like, she had like bulletins and things that they wanted. They they were ready, and it was like I started crying when I saw that email. Mm-hmm. I, I did because I. It, it was so apparent to me that it was like they were ready. It was like the time has finally come. It's now, you know, it's been four years later, four years later. Um, whatever it is, like the seed that I planted or whatever, just this, this, this thought that was in my head now became a real possibility. Because mm-hmm. it was like, it was not a, hey, we'd like to work with you more. It was a, we want to do this machine. We're thinking this time, this is a timeline do you want to do it? Wow. And so from the beginning, it's been like a really amazing collaboration because I think their team, they knew me already. You know, it's like, it's not the first time we met and we'd already worked together. They, they knew like I was going to reply to their emails on time and that, you know, I mean, I grew up in Germany. I'm very like, you know, (laughs) I think we mesh very well vibe wise. And, uh, so then I of course have had more experience since then in the sewing space. And I, I'm like, no one knows this market better than me. I know exactly what cosplayers want and what they need and what's missing. And so 
we were, I think, all very confident and we, you know, could, I, I felt comfortable sharing all my ideas with them. And of course, I asked for the moon, you know, <laughs> at the beginning, I asked for all these different things and they would like come back and be like, well, that's not quite realistic or that would add a, like a year to the development. And then I had enough experience in the, you know, product, product development space that I, I could be like, okay, understand let's pivot and do this other thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we were so efficient and were able to develop the machine pretty fast, mm -hmm. you know, all things considering. And that is truly to like, I credit the Burnett team um, in Sheckborn, like especially Lee Dan just completely took charge and was so open to my ideas, but also so realistic. And like, it was really cool because uh she's chinese i'm chinese we both like speak german as well and and it was just sort of really like we just meshed really well i think and so um really like with lee and with uh carolyn's uh, guidance i think we just like you know knocked this machine out and i'm i'm just so proud of it <laughs> Now, there are some pretty special features on this machine that you influenced. Yes. Tell us about those. Yeah. So uh, the base machine is the Burnett B79, which is their top of the line. They have never done a special edition machine before. And they, you know, their goal was to uh, introduce a special edition, but also maybe... Um, gain a new customer base mm -hmm. and also to uh, like broaden the Bernie, the Burnett name, you know, because I think that Burnett's are just not as well known to the, the average sewist. And I completely agree that, you know, it's like if I can help their name to, to get out there more, I want to. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I thought the base machine was at a at a good price range. And the thing is, like, for cosplayers, you know, um, any machine over $2,000 is considered expensive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it is a different customer base. Cosplayers are a lot younger and have, you know, lower income bracket. And, but uh, I thought that if we put enough features in it, that it would be totally worth it. Mm -hmm. And so they, they first sent me a Burnett B79 and I tested it out and uh, made a costume with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like during my test, like I definitely was like, all right, this, this can handle, you know, the, you know, thicker materials. I could put it through some, you know, work, but then I also sewed like some really delicate materials with it. Of course I embroidered with it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, you know, that, that gave me lots of ideas ideas of what we could, you know, do with it. Um, and so what we are super excited about with the machine is uh, first the colors and the look of the machine. It's very pretty. It's um, has like a futuristic, but and modern um, wrap on it. And, and you designed that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, I designed it with the Burnett team uh -huh. together, but I, I, um, uh, I definitely like dictate dictated not dictated but like you know talked to them about the colors and we mm -hmm. decided on the colors and um you know i we decided that it wouldn't be called any like a cosplay machine that it should be my name because while i represent cosplay i also you know um am in fashion and in other areas and um that way we would not have a machine that would be only limited to cosplay you know what mm -hmm. i mean and so um i think that that was a great decision. And then the um, the feature I'm the most proud of mm -hmm. with this machine is that we were able to include the Creator 9 software. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely a little bit of a journey. That was not going to be, you know, in the packaging at first. And I fought for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad I did. And I, I they explained to me, you know, that, you know, it's, like, it's not like the software is free. Like, it's like it would cut into the um, the cost of the machine mm -hmm. for them. And, you know, are we okay with that? And as I said, I think it's really worth it. You know, it's like, sure, we make a little less money on the machine, but the, it's so worth it to include the software because 
cosplayers and fashion sewists, we need to be able to digitize. Mm -hmm. Like just using software on a machine is not enough, especially when you can only resize um, embroideries by 20%. Like you must be able to go into the software and create your own. In costuming, every character has different specific custom design. You can't just use something that kind of looks like it. It has to be exact, you know? That's what people want. And so I... And it's like really rare for a sewing machine of that price range to come with a powerful digitizing software. It usually is like, okay, it's like, you know, a little bit of little tiny module that that will let you do one thing and Mm -hmm. or you have to pay for it, you know, and these the software is not cheap. Mm -hmm. It's over a thousand dollars, you know. So but I really think that the hurdle so far for many cosplayers for not getting into embroidery is because of the cost of the machine and the software. Mm -hmm. Because you have to commit. You have to like not only commit to buying this machine, you know, with your hard-earned money, but you also have to commit to buying the software and then learning how to use the software Mm -hmm. and like the software. Mm -hmm. And so I think that aspect is what held a lot of people back. So I thought about like, what would make me want to buy an embroidery machine? Mm -hmm. I want the software. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, if I think this way, you know, cosplayers uh, elsewhere will also think this way. So that was my whole pitch to them. And so based on that, once we agreed that the Creator 9 software would be included, then it was about, I I wanted like as many new embroidery uh, designs loaded on the machine as possible. Mm -hmm. Because like there are tons of beautiful designs, but they're meant for, you know, special occasions, you know, celebrating Christmas or celebrating the birth of a a niece or nephew or somebody. And, but I wanted like garment-making embellishments, you know, Mm -hmm. things you can put on clothes and on costumes. And so I I did definitely a lot of work with them in designing, choosing, and curating um, exclusive designs. So we have 68 of them on there. (laughs) It's a game changer. I I think we're going to see a lot of that Yeah, definitely. And then last but not least, the the presser feed, um, just knowing that many uh, cosplayers, like, they will buy... They, they will buy maybe one or two presser feet, but they just don't know how easy, you know, their life would be if they had this special presser foot and such. Mm-hmm. So I think for us to be able to include eight additional presser foot that, you know, was... It's, I, it adds such huge value to the machine mm-hmm. and for the customer. It's going to, like, teach them um, faster, better ways to make costumes. Tell us about your book. My book. So, yeah, a lot of what I talked about, like my story of coming to America and, uh, you know, how I became who I am in cosplay, uh, I chronicled in my book. So back in, I think, 2017, I was approached by a publisher and they wanted me to do a cosplay crafting book. Uh But I was like, there are so many crafting books out there already pertaining to cosplay as well as costuming and I thought that the um, uniqueness about me is that I sort of have this lived through experience of being in the community and no one could really tell this story you know from the lens that I could so I wanted to you know, devote my time to writing a book about the culture of cosplay uh, told through my story. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind of like a autobiography, but it goes into, you know, the different um, aspects of cosplay, how it became what it is, what makes us tick, why do we dress up, what are the different ways that people express themselves. And um, one section is about the industry of cosplay, how it like went from a hobbyist space into like a commercial industry. Mm-hmm. And so I talk about, you know, my experiences um, starting to monetize cosplay, the different things I did. I have like a career chapter with tips and tricks of, you know, how if you want to become a professional cosplayer here, you know, some information for you. So, so. It's, it's a good read for 
people active in cosplay or people who want to learn more about cosplay? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think for people active in cosplay, it's like a great trip down memory lane because mm-hmm. I'm like, back in the day, we did not have good fabrics. We had to use, you know, costume satin, you know. And they'll or, remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so, so like, that's really fun. But then for people who want to get into cosplay but aren't quite sure, then this really will prepare them fully sure. <laughs> for like encountering, you know, like entering this community. And I I like to say this is also a great book for parents. Mm -hmm. Like if they're worried about their their teenager getting into cosplay, like what what is this thing that they're getting into? Like read my book. You'll you'll understand why they want to do it and what the space is going to look like, you know, that they're entering. What's the name of your book? My book is called Yaya Han's World of Cosplay. Publisher choice of name, not mine. (laughs) But there was like, we need your name in the title. And so I'm like, okay. Well, people know it's your book now and they can Yes, can it's look definitely my book. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is available um, wherever books are sold. Um, okay. Barnes Noble, you know, uh, definitely on Amazon and other yeah. outlets. And then I do have uh, copies on my website that mm-hmm. if you buy from me, I will sign it. Awesome. <laughs> You're busy. You've, you've written a book, designed a sewing machine, you travel, you design. What do you do for fun besides sewing? Besides sewing, what do I do for fun? I do like traveling. So in some ways, like I always try to build extra days whenever I have to travel for a convention mm-hmm. uh, because I really enjoy, you know, seeing the world and um, really grateful to, to cosplay because it's actually made me be able to see my mom more often back in Germany um, because she's still there. And uh, now that I do European conventions, um, you know, they'll invite me and I will always build in an, an extra week that I can visit her and, mm-hmm. you know, where she comes to the city that I'm at. Like she went to Prague in May to meet me and we spent three days in Prague before I did a convention in the Czech Republic. And it was just that is what's truly amazing to me. And um, I, aside from that, I, I really, I, I still really enjoy watching anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like very relaxing to me. And uh, so I still consume. I play video games sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I'm very busy. And so it's like I um, do put a lot of my, my time towards my work because, because it's my passion as it well. Is. What inspires you? Everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Just um, what what can I learn? What can I make that has that I haven't made yet? What kind of an image can I create? You know, in like a um, a high end photo shoot. You know, what kind of photo set can I build? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely driven by creativity. I always have been. I've been, always been driven by my imagination, and so there's like no shortage of things that I want to do. Um, but I also really enjoy making plans with friends to do costumes together, meeting mm-hmm. them at conventions. And, and so that also, just like sort of the, the social aspect of cosplay really makes me happy. What's next for you? What's your dream? Oh, what is that? Well, this is a huge dream. Having my own sewing machine is bigger a bigger dream than I ever could have dreamed. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. At the moment, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to just sort of enjoy this accomplishment mm-hmm. and also ensure the success of the, you know, the rollout of the machine. So sure. I will support the machine with um, content on my channels and um, educational information and just telling people more about it and what all they can do with it. So I'm still riding on my current dream. Um, and I'm sure I will have another dream um, um, soon and but but I I, I currently am, am very happy with this one and this this dream will last quite yeah a while. I would like to think so uh-huh. absolutely I can't wait to see what people will make with the machine mm-hmm. I'm I'm so excited for friends and uh, you know other cosplayers to get into embroidering mm-hmm. and it's just like I just I'm so just stoked to see what they're gonna figure out and and create and do. So I hear an invitation to share creations with you. Yes, please, please. If you get my machine and you make something with it, please, please, please share with me. You know, we can create a hashtag even, you know, Yaya Han machine or I don't know what, you know, Yaya Han Burnett. Uh, But 
Yeah, I certainly like that. That is always the thing. Like whenever I release new fabrics or release a new pattern, like what I'm the most excited about is hopefully six months down the road, I will see someone see who, it. you know, who will have made something with it. It's just it's really um, that is what inspires me, too. We've talked about a lot of things today. Mm-hmm. Is there any question I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Um, I honestly, the only thing that I, that I maybe want to end on is that I hope that the sewing community can embrace cosplay as much as cosplay has embraced sewing. You know, I think there is maybe a little misconception that cosplay and, you know, like fandom are for younger people and people who like consume this, this material all the time that are gamers or, you know, um, and it's like, it's not like the, the fandom space is open to everyone. And there is something that we all relate to. Like here at BU, I see people wearing um, dresses they made with like Bernina printed fabrics or, you know, Hawaiian shirts with like, you know, sewing feet all over them. And uh, like people are dressing up to represent what they love, which is Bernina. So it's the same at a comic book convention or at an anime convention. People come dressed in outfits that they made that just have elements of the characters. You know, they don't always dress up in full outfits. They sometimes do like the Disney bounding thing, you know, where like they, they make a, you know, like a simple fashion outfit, but it has, you know, a Pokemon on it or, you know, whatever, a Star Wars uh, element to it. And so like we all share this, we have the same brain. Like we really, like we're, we as humans want to express ourselves mm-hmm. and want to, you know, show what we love. And so we're already doing the same thing just in different spaces. So I, I really hope that the sewing community can you know, maybe take the time to research the cosplay community a little bit, maybe read my book. And definitely I encourage everyone to go to a convention. Just go to a convention near you. There are, I guarantee there are anime or or comic conventions in your area. And uh, just go for a day and see what it's like. And it's it's a vibrant, great world uh, that shares a lot in common, for sure. Those that are listening and sitting with us today, I'm sure will want to reach out to you. What's the best way for them to do that? Definitely uh, through my website, yayahan.com. That's where you'll find um, all the things I've done, all the costumes I've made, and, you know, everything that, all the events I will be at coming up. And then um, my social media is uh, primarily yayahan, just on um, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, no, on Facebook is Yaya Cosplay. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's yayahan, and then on Facebook is Yaya Cosplay. But um, I'm pretty easy to find (laughs) so and I I do post uh, regularly every day and um, yeah I would love to hear from from everybody you know it's great thank you so much for joining us today this has been a lot of fun thank you very much Meg well there you have it another story about someone just like you someone for whom sewing and quilting is so much more than a hobby it's a way of life it's a connection to something bigger If you know someone you think has an outstanding story, a story that should be shared on this podcast, please drop me a note to meg at soandsopodcast.com or just complete the form on our website. Be sure to subscribe to, review, and rate this podcast on your favorite platform and visit our website, soandsopodcast.com, for more information about today's and all of our guests. That's S-E-W-A-N-D-S-O-podcast.com. And finally, I want to thank Bernina for making this program possible. I'm Meg Goodman, and I look forward to you joining us next time on So-and-So, 